time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So wake me up Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.08 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, August the 21st. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Welcome to the show. I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law, one of the sponsors of our program. I'm your host for this expedition into the crazy world that we live in at Saturday Morning Coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all of the things that are happening around us, all the things that we think you need to know. As you guys probably know already here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we are all about lower taxes, limited government, all the things that mean more freedom for all of us, all of us who are we the people. We have a country uh, to save folks, and it must be saved. Uh, We are the last best hope on this planet uh, for humanity. Let's not be the ones who are asleep at the wheel who let this country go. I've been wondering about that this week. Much to talk about on that score. Uh, Sometimes I wonder if uh, we are not witnessing the end of the American uh, role of... uh, the lone superpower in the world, the the lone uh, sort of determinant of most large geopolitical questions that get resolved on this planet. One wonders where the United States stands uh, today in relation to other countries on this planet after recent events. So much to talk about. Very sobering. Not fun, but much to talk about. Uh, joined here in the studio, as always, by producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, how are you doing this week? Good morning. I'm doing well, but America is on its knees right now with this. Uh, Isn't it astonishing? It's, a, it's amazing. It's amazing that you could not have written a worse story. Uh, it could get worse, but right now you could not have written a worse story. Uh, one thing life has taught me, Glenn, I don't, know, I don't want to be the pessimist, but never underestimate the ability of things to get worse. Yeah, well... But nonetheless, I have a hard time imagining how the first few months of the Biden administration could have gone any worse. We were talking about it on the Liz show this week. Right. It's almost as if, I mean, talk about whatever you do. Go to the grocery store to buy groceries. Mm-hmm. How much are they costing you? Uh, gas is almost $3 a gallon. Go to the, yep. the store to fill up your car with gas. Two ninety nine. It's crazy. I have to take out a small loan mm-hmm. to refill my truck. Um Anything, you name it. And then, of course, uh, the the issues with COVID and how we are responding or not responding, the ongoing uh, issues. I'm so sick of hearing about masks and lockdowns, and I know they are important. I know this issue is on everybody's mind. We've lost some dear people in mm-hmm. our own community this week. So all of these heavy subjects that we're dealing with, and then we have the uh, issue in <laughs> Afghanistan. 
And we what an idiot. We could not bungle it any worse. Nope. We could not bungle it any nope. worse. Nothing like arming uh, the enemy. You know, uh, we could have put a couple of billion dollars worth of equipment in their hands, and um, they look better trained than the last time we saw them on camera. As uh, one of the tech clips that I'll share uh, with our listeners today, one of the one of the quotes that I noted this week was from Tucker Carlson. He said, "You know, it's one thing to be beaten by a third-rate, third-world country; it's another thing to be beaten by a third-rate, third-world army when many of them are carrying your weapons." Exactly, exactly. Plus, technology has fallen into the enemy hands now as well. Oh, we have many problems. Yes. Uh, many problems. Those uh, missiles that were destined for the government of Afghanistan, now in uh, now in Taliban hands. Mm-hmm. The U.S. Air Force now launching airstrikes against our own equipment mm-hmm. in Afghanistan that has fallen under the control of the Taliban. So we're now blowing up our own stuff. The yeah. stuff that we bought, paid for. Gave it to the Afghanistans. We're now expending more weaponry, putting more lives lives at risk to go over there and blow it up. Well, and had the plan been done efficiently and effectively, uh, all the all those munitions, anything that we weren't bringing home, would have been destroyed. And unfortunately, the uh, the hastiness of the president, uh, he did not take into account American lives that are still at risk over there, big time. And if somebody gets uh, we've already known that some people have been hurt, but if any Americans get killed, uh, then we're going to end up losing more servicemen because we're going to go back over there and try and clean up this mess. Yeah. Uh, well, which is going to be so much more difficult had a plan been in place. If Trump was in office, you've heard this, if Trump was in office, this wouldn't have happened. That date would have been either pushed back or there would have been a exit plan. There seems to be no plan was in place. That's what I'm seeing. No, there is no plan. Now, don't forget, the president and his team, they considered every eventuality. I, yeah, every this possible one. eventuality yeah. was considered. So that must include the possibility, Glenn, that Afghans would be clinging to C-17 cargo mm-hmm. planes as they took off and right. falling to their deaths yep. on national television. I'm certain that they must have talked about what a PR victory that would be for right. freedom. Yeah, true. So it is unbelievable uh, folks, and uh, we invite you to chime in, join us here on the show, share your comments, share your thoughts on where we are, where we are, have been, and where we are going. And you know, it's a vicious cycle, Glenn. We could literally spend the whole show talking about just this one question of what to do with Afghanistan. Right. We've got a, a few clips from the president that are just astonishing. And, and unfortunately, folks, where we are in this country today is we have a president who is not fit to lead. Correct. He but, is not fit to be president. Let's but what's in the wings waiting to take his place could be worse. Could be. <laughs> and I, you know, you and I have had this conversation. We speculated. He said, you know, many gaffes, you know, uh, the life, uh, liberty, uh, and you, you, you know, the, the thing, the yeah. thing. We, God. You know, yeah. and, and I thought to myself, we need to get him out of office. And I have wondered, but we've got Kamala waiting in the wings. Right. She has cackled her way to the top. She is frightening. She's the most liberal member of uh, the administration, in my way of thinking. Um, Do we want her in the Oval? But, Glenn, we don't have much choice. The individual who is the president of the United States is not fit to lead. We have all known that for a few weeks, for a few months. Um, But that has become utterly clear in the last week. I mean, it is unquestionably clear. 
he is not in charge. He's not fit to lead. And if he actually is in charge, it's frightening. So much to talk about. Uh, we could spend all ep- the uh, entire show just talking about that one question. But we, we do have uh, some other things going on in the world to talk about. A little later in the show, we're going to be joined by our own uh, solicitor, Jimmy Richardson. Jimmy uh, declared his uh, campaign for re-election this week. There was an event in uh, Conway at the Peanut Warehouse. So we'll be talking to Jimmy, and we'll invite you guys to join us as well here on Saturday Morning Coffee. And we'll be right back with more after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, you and I have talked many times that there are lots of financial advisors in Myrtle Beach, but why would folks be well-served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning? Reese, it really begins when they walk through the door. As fiduciaries, we put their interest above our own. We're not just a bunch of advisors competing with one another. What we do is we wrap the entire organization around their family, helping them navigate today and their future with a high level of comfort and confidence. Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Call them anytime at 843-945-4480 or reach them online at pilefinancialservices.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. In a cave below the ground, way down, it's cold and it's dark. But a nose his way around, and the mazes of the underground are no match for him. But it looks just like a traveler who hasn't showered in a while and been living in the ground. Milo is your best friend, he's your second cousin. All roads lead to he's the rising sun. Milo is a long, long way from home, yet. Milo is a name you won't forget. Milo, I haven't met yet. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.20 on your Saturday morning. Beautiful morning here along the Grandstand. We had some rain earlier this morning. It kept me up a little bit last night. Hope you all uh, got some rest. Quite a lightning show as well. Yeah, lots of lightning. I had uh, I got a alert on my phone every time we get a lightning strike in the vicinity of the house, and uh, it, it was just <laughs> I'd be like, turning that sucker up in yeah, Myrtle I mean, Beach. It was, it was pinging all night <laughs> yeah. long. Not me. No, it thank was, you. Uh, it was crazy, and of course the, the 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 some of the flashes were close. They were light. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were bright, and uh, lots of. So I think it lasted about two hours. I think from about two to four. 
around uh, the Garden City area. Yeah, I know it woke me up a couple of times, but, you know, I don't sleep well on Friday nights anyway. Uh, That's a tough night. So I want to thank Liz. Speaking of tough uh, duty and and, uh, substitutes, I would uh, want to appreciate, uh, want to thank uh, Liz and Javi, uh, Liz Calloway and Javier Lopez, who sat in for us week before last, first Mm -hmm. Saturday of our vacation. And in um, the last week, we did a best of. Thank you for taking care of that. I think uh, Javi and uh, Liz had a good time. They no, did. It sounded good. I got I was getting text over uh, when I did get text. The interesting story. I did. You know, they they told us we were in Yellowstone. We were in Montana and uh, Wyoming, and uh, spent a little bit of time in Idaho, but mostly in Yellowstone. We were in Grand Teton mm-hmm. um, and Jackson Hole. One of the things they had indicated prior to our trip was be prepared for limited cell service in Yellowstone. Sure. Um, obviously, it's a national park, very remote, not uh, not a lot of towers around uh, to put cell transmitters in. So, But what I did not realize, Glenn, I figured, you know, that would mean occasionally we'd have coverage, but much of the time we wouldn't. There was no cell coverage in Yellowstone. <laughs> I mean, it was one of the kids were in the back, and their one of their jobs was to look at the bars on their phones. And the minute they would have, you know, any coverage at all, they were like, "Dad, we've got we've got signal, we've got signal," and we would pull over in the middle of Yellowstone and try to send whatever you know, two or three, or twenty text messages had piled up in our phones. There was literally no, at least for AT and T customers, no cell coverage in in Yellowstone. It was uh, it was like a wasteland, like I totally dropped off the grid. And I was talking with Liz this week about it, Liz Calloway. Actually, Glenn, it makes me realize how we hang on the news, and frankly, how hard some of this stuff is to digest and deal with. It starts to weigh on you over time. I was uh, am- amazed at how much. Uh, better I felt after unplugging for a few days. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, we live in a stressful world, and particularly when you have a show like this, when you're in media, you're on the radio, you have to keep up with everything that's going on. Right. And and so it was great to get off the grid and unplug. Have you been to Yellowstone? I have not. It is an no. awesome, awesome uh, location. Um, we uh, we had a lot of we had a ton of fun. Of course, Old Faithful, the Geysers, yep. all the uh, you know, and and it, the, interestingly enough, you know. Yellowstone, that whole area of northern uh, uh, northern Wyoming, southern Montana, it sits on a caldera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge volcano. Yeah. And that's what fuels all of the geothermal activity in that mm-hmm. area. And one day, one we day. have no idea when, Right. it's probably all mm-hmm. going to blow up. Yep. We have no idea when that will be. It could be tomorrow. It could be 10,000 years in the future. Yep. But one day there's probably going to be a massive eruption. There. And it will be a national disaster. It yeah. will not just be limited to that area. Yeah, it will be a national disaster of unprecedented yeah, Possibly a world, um, a world travesty, too. Yeah. I mean, and so, you know, and you don't realize it, but when you go to Yellowstone, there are multiple earthquakes in Yellowstone every week. They're mm-hmm. mostly minor. Most, most, most times you don't even feel them. Um, but they happen regularly and routinely right. and it's just a, it's a constant moving section of the earth's crust where all the stuff that normally <laughs> normally happens deeper has just made its way to the surface it's a fascinating uh place we went to you know all the uh the all the areas where the seismic activity is 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 um you know so prevalent of course we saw old faithful we stayed at uh, old faithful in a couple of nights and that was fun 
watching, you know, Old Faithful. I went and watched Old Faithful erupt in the middle of the night. That was interesting. Really? Yeah. It just, I mean, it, it, what's amazing to me is I went to Old Faithful as a kid, and the idea that every 90 minutes or so, that geyser has been erupting for hundreds of years. Yeah. Now, now, at night, they've got it lit up, I guess? Well, actually, no. I was surprised. There are a couple of lights out there, so you can faintly see it, but fair, uh, several of us were recording it, watching it, and so there were lights, and people had the very bright halogen flashlights. And so from a couple of different angles, we had sort of lit the thing up. Huh. And it was, it, was, it, it was pretty impressive to see at night. I it bet. Was, it was, uh, it was, you, you heard it much better because there were no crowds. And so it was a, an interesting experience. We, um, we uh, also uh, enjoyed our travels in, in uh, Grand Teton National Park, went to a place called Phelps Lake. Just a lot of fun. A wonderful trip, getting, a, getting away, getting off the grid. And uh, and spending time not um, hanging on every word uttered by Fox News or anybody else. Well, you were out there during the Mercedes meteor shower. Did you happen to take in any of the meteors? We we looked up at the stars uh, a couple of nights. We, I never really caught. We didn't catch much yeah. of the shower. I I was amazed at how many stars there are. Many right? stars there <laughs> are. Yeah. Once you get yeah. out in the middle of nowhere, you yep. look up at the sky. It's a totally uh, different experience. I have, actually have a picture. A three. Uh, I guess it's a three dimensional picture that was taken by the Mars rover from mars oh, yeah. and of course you know everybody's looking at the surface i took that camera up i wanted to see the sky yeah. oh my gosh i mean there are so many billions and billions of stars in our in our galaxy and outside our galaxy i mean it is oh, it's, amazing it's unbelievable it, it here you can't appreciate it because we've got so much light so much that, background that light basically washes yeah. out everything and yeah. You get out there in the sticks, and it's really amazing. It's amazing. So while we were gone, we had a couple of uh, sad notes, uh, folks. It was uh, very sad to learn while um, we came back and realized that uh, Ray Winter's attorney here in town was not doing well, and uh, uh, Ray passed away. Uh, that was a grave loss. Ray was a member of the uh, school board, and uh, just uh, he was also a friend. Uh, Ray was a member of the bar, and he... Um, um, he was just a, a, just a good man, just a good man. And, and so it was hard to come back and, and, uh, and, and learn that, uh, Ray, uh, was not doing well. Of course, we lost him, um, this week and, uh, and much, uh, uh, much sadness, uh, in town over the loss of, uh, Ray Winters. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, Ray as an attorney worked for Congressman Rice, um, and among others, and uh, after the news of Winter's death, this is from the Sun News. It said, Ori school board member mourned after COVID death. After the news of Winter's death spread, condolences poured in for his family, stretching from friends, neighbors, Winter's law office to elected, law, to elected officials. After law school, Winter's found work in Myrtle Beach at the law firm run by now U.S. Tom, US Representative Tom Rice, who hired Winter's as an associate in the late 1990s. Winter's worked for Rice's firm for nine years and then went out later to form his own firm. Uh, Ray's firm was just uh, across the street from our firm, from Davis and Boyd, just uh, literally next door. So we work with Ray quite a bit on uh, on many legal matters. Uh, we also sadly lost Presley Stutz, a Republican leader in South Carolina, uh, who passed away also from COVID-19 this week. He was a 64-year-old veteran mm. um, and was active in Republican Party politics. Um, you know, Presley and I, didn't always see eye to eye on issues over the last couple of years over uh, the chairman's race and some other things. But uh, Chair, uh, Presley, uh, prior, uh, Presley and I considered ourselves sort of, uh, uh, we were 
both sort of Tea Party Republicans and considered ourselves uh, fellow conservatives. And uh, and certainly I, I never wished ill on him or uh, uh, or anybody. And, and certainly we are very sad uh, to lose Presley. So we just it's a it's been a sad week, folks. It's been a sad week. Lots of uh, lots of uh, lots of things to deal with. And wanted to have here today on the show just a, a brief moment of silence in uh, memory of um, Ray and of Presley and others that we've lost uh, to COVID-19. So just a brief moment of silence here on Saturday morning coffee um, this morning in memory of Ray Winters and Presley Stutz and others who have uh, succumbed to COVID-19. Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. Thanks for waking up with Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Everybody, welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.34 on this Saturday morning, Saturday, August the 21st, 2021. We're sharing some sad news with you just before the break about the untimely passing of uh, our own Ray Winter, school board member, local attorney here in Myrtle Beach, and also Presley Stutz, also a GOP, uh, a, or Presley rather, a GOP activist and, and uh, party um, activist from the upstate, from uh, the Greenville area. And one of the things many folks have found themselves unexpectedly in the hospital of late dealing with, with COVID and, and, of course, other things as well. But COVID is, is largely what's on everybody's minds. wanted to remind folks there, there were, uh, you know, discussions. I wasn't involved in any of these directly, but there were discussions about proper treatment. There's much controversy over what uh, medicines, therapeutics should be prescribed and when. It's a matter of great debate. Many of the folks who are getting <clears throat> COVID and finding themselves uh, either on a ventilator or in the hospital under duress, um, you know, one of the difficulties in that situation, folks, is figuring out the proper course of treatment. Uh, doctors are withholding certain care that they don't subscribe to. You've got some patients that won't ivermectin or, or other uh, remedies, treatments, uh, therapeutics that are not uh, being administered in certain hospitals. I think that uh, may have been an issue in the Greenville case. But one of the things that all of this underscores is the imperative that each of us have a health care power of attorney and a living will. I've been involved in 
in numerous cases where end-of-life decisions have been the subject of disputes among family members, and it is not a pleasant uh, thing to have to deal with, and it complicates what is already a very difficult and challenging time. So I would encourage you all to check your documents. Make sure you have a valid uh, health care power of attorney living will for the state that you currently reside in. And uh, and if you don't, I would encourage you to contact an attorney or, or get somebody to help you get such a document in place. That can go a long way. It uh, It goes a very long way toward eliminating those disputes because you don't have multiple parties, multiple family members arguing over who gets to speak on behalf of the individual who can't speak for themselves. And that is extremely important, and it helps avoid uh, situations where you've got doctors, family members, and multiple lawyers involved, which is not what you want to see at the hospital. Right. Take care of your legacy. I mean, you don't want to be bad-mouthed after you've passed away because you didn't take care of your business while you were still here. Exactly. And so it makes things much easier for your relatives, your family members, your uh, significant others. Uh, This becomes an issue oftentimes, especially in the case where you have significant others and you're not married. Right. You know, you've been living with somebody perhaps for 10, 15 years. You may think of them as your spouse. But the reality is, in, in the eyes of the law, once you get to the hospital, um, it, it, it's anybody's guess. Uh, the, they do not have precedence. The hospital may not listen to them at all. So right. you, you, these documents are not just um, important. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're imperative. Yeah. And so, and, and of select, course, selecting the right person to be you know, a power of attorney, whether you're not, if you're not married, I mean, that would be important. My ex-wife would probably unplug my life support to charge your cell phone. So quite honestly. That would be a bad thing. Yeah. That would be a bad thing. So, yeah, so uh, certainly at the firm of Davis and Boyd, if you want to reach out uh, to us, uh, I'll be glad to help you. We'll be glad to assist you with those documents if you need them. And, uh, of course, um, other attorneys can do it as well. But certainly we'll be glad to help you at Davis and Boyd if we can assist you in that regard. And uh, while I'm on the subject of a light note, uh, the, the, um, the sponsors of the show, I want to thank our sponsors. We were, I've had a, a few nice conversations with our sponsors lately who are, uh, support Saturday Morning Coffee, and, and they've been very uh, helpful and allow this program to continue. And I hope when you guys hear uh, the advertisements for Greg Sisson, uh, Powell Financial, other people who have come on board as sponsors of the show, the advertisers that you hear during the show, I hope you will reach out to them, support them, um, uh, you know, uh, do business with them where you can, where you have the choice, and let them know that you heard about them on, on Saturday Morning Coffee on Talk 94.5 and that you appreciate them uh, supporting this show, supporting this station so that this, uh, this programming can continue. And on that note, I've got a little experiment, Glenn. I want to remind mm-hmm. you guys, somebody that I've been talking to about coming on board as a sponsor of the program is our own Uncle Mikey's Pizza down in uh, Merle's Inlet. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Uncle Mikey's, but he's right down in the heart of old Merle's Inlet. And he's uh, on the inland side of Business 17 there in uh, old Merle's Inlet. Um, Little uh, pizza pub, and it is some of the best pizza you'll ever eat anywhere. And it's certainly some of the best pizza in uh, Merle's Inlet, but I encourage you guys to check Uncle Mikey out. Uncle Mikey is not just a uh, someone who cooks pizza that my family loves, bakes pizza, I guess I should say, that my family loves, but he's also a friend, and he does a ton 
for the community. He is a great American. Um, if folks come in there and need his help, if they need some, you know, some food, uh, if they need a couple of pizzas baked for a, you know, for a, um, a VFW meeting, I mean, he is there and he helps his uh, friends. He helps his community. I've seen him do it time and time again, and it makes me want to help him. So I, um, I, I'm pleased to tell you that we wholeheartedly uh, endorse and recommend uh, Uncle Mikey's Pizza down in Merle's Inlet. I hope you guys will try uh, Uncle Mikey's little uh, divine little pizza shop out. You won't be disappointed. If you tell him you want the pie that Reese likes, he will fix you a white garlic pie with uh, mm. spinach, and it is uh, that to which he adds spinach at my request, and it is absolutely uh, outstanding. You will love it. So the white pie uh, with spinach is uh, my favorite, and he will fix it for you and take care of you. And let him know when you go in. Let the uh, folks at Uncle Mikey's know that you heard about it on Saturday morning coffee. And he'll knock 10% off your bill uh, for the time being. We don't know how long this special promotion will uh, last, but encourage you to stop by soon I think and the, uh, check out Uncle Mikey's Pizza. I think the Merle's white Inlet. pie originated uh, California. You know, I don't think that was an Italian. Wasn't it Americanized, the white pie? Because it's not a, a tomato sauce on it. It's a it's garlicky. A, it's, a, it's a ricotta, yeah. a little bit garlicky. You yeah. know, I don't really know the origins of that. You've asked me a we question should, I don't really we know. You should ask Uncle Mikey. I, I think that is a traditional, it's not Sicilian, but it is a traditional Italian pizza, okay. isn't it? I don't know. I, 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 I thought the white pie up. was something that somebody invented out in California. Well, Uncle, Uncle Mikey, if you're listening, let yeah. us know. Yeah. We don't know the origins of white pie. I just know it's one of my favorites. That particular uh, selection from the menu is one of, uh, one of my favorites. So, yeah. Invite you guys to check out Uncle Mikey's uh, Pizza in Merle's Inlet and let them know that uh, Saturday Morning Coffee Reese Boyd sent you. We also invite you guys not only to check out Uncle Mikey's Pizza, but to join the show. You guys can call us here at the show at 843-903-2945. You can also text us on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. That number is 843-798-TALK. That is 843-798-8255. The Twitter handle for the show is at Reese Boyd. You can email your comments as well. The email address for the show is SMC at gmail.com. And many of you call me during normal business hours uh, on the weekdays. And the number during normal business hours for me at the day job, which is at Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law, that number is 843-839-9800. That's 843-839-9800. Already quite a few of you have checked in this morning on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. Uh, Gordon the Golf Guy checking in. Uncle uh, Gordon says, Uncle Mikey has the best pizza around the Virginia gentleman. Checking in. Bobby the Vapor checking in. Larry uh, Biddle checking in. The Climbers checking in. James from Myrtle Beach. Uh, Presley Stutz was a great uh, conservative. Yes, James, uh, we agree on that. And we also agreed that we didn't want Lynn Wood to be uh, chairman of the South Carolina party. And uh, we agree there, James, as well. But uh, all of you checking in this morning, Walt, the sheet metal guy, checking in. Looks like with a lightning map that he's found online. Interesting uh, diagram. Lots of lightning strikes around the area last night, as we were talking about earlier. So thank you guys for checking in on the uh, PCRXcomputers.com text line. Again, you can send your text to us. The number here on the PCRXcomputers.com text line is 843-798-TALK. And you can dial into the studio at 843 903 
888-900-9495. And uh, stick with us, folks. Got a lot to talk about yet. Still have more to talk about on Afghanistan and uh, want to get to that. And also we'll uh, be talking to Jimmy Richardson, our solicitor, in the next hour. So stick around for that. It's Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, we've talked many times about how life is so uncertain these days. We're coming out of a pandemic. There's a transition in the administration. So much uncertainty in the world. How does Pyle Financial Services assist its clients in coping with such uncertain times? Well, Reese, we have developed and refined a proprietary process that we call the Wealth Audit. It helps families prepare for what we believe can be some of the most significant legislative and investor-related changes coming next year. This is the year to plan. Folks, I encourage you to reach out. That's great financial advice from Scott Pyle. It's Pyle Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Powell Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team. So, Greg, we all know the real estate market is super hot right now. Can you give folks a quick snapshot of what's going on? It's never been a more hot seller's market in my career. I mean, just think, one year ago, we had nearly 4,000 homes for sale. Today, we have less than 1,100 on the market, and 40% more homes are selling each month. So, complete opposite of what we had a year ago. You've been in this market for over 24 years locally. How does that experience translate to benefit your clients? You're right, Reese. Doing this for 24 years, we've learned a few things and we specialize in better communication, giving our clients more peace of mind and just handling all the details, streamlining the process. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team at 843-251-2693 or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com. The Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Give them a call to Today. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk Everybody, welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.48 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Wanted to go back to Afghanistan. We were talking about it earlier. We didn't fully address it, didn't totally deal 
uh, with the issue. But, of course, a lot, so much to unpack. Glenn, you and I were talking over the break. It's hard to know exactly what is happening. Um, <laughs> who's telling the truth? Yeah, who's telling the truth? Who's not telling the truth? Earlier reports uh, indicated, for instance, um, that French forces, this is from townhall.com, um, this is uh, uh, byline date August 20. We're in a mess in Afghanistan. You all know this, but when the French can do something that we cannot do, as we've been told by Biden officials, then you know this is a cluster. The mm-hmm. French, the French, Glenn, mm-hmm. the French. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the French. The, these are the people who install speed bumps on the Champs Elysees <laughs> to slow down German panzers. I mean, these are the people who built the Maginot Line, but built it halfway up their border. Right. I mean, these are the people for whom military intelligence is a contradiction in terms. Well, the classified for a used French rifle, you know, uh, it read never used, dropped once. (laughs) (laughs) Never used, dropped once. These are the people that when things don't look bad in Paris, they start they start uh, printing T-shirts that say, don't shoot. I'm I'm a collaborator, you know. Don't shoot. I'm, I'm Vichy. Don't shoot. I'm a collaborator. Uh, I, and, you know, I was telling you over the break when we were watching uh, CBS Evening News last night, and they were reporting that U.S. troops were on the other side taking babies from the Afghan people uh, and bringing them over the bobbed wire and all that. But don't worry, Glenn. I mean, I know that looks awful, but this is all <laughs> unfolding exactly as Joe Biden planned it. But but they they reported that the U.S. was doing this, and it was really the British Army that the paratroopers, the British paratroopers, had yeah. gotten there, yeah. and they were the ones that were doing it. They were reported as U.S. You cannot believe what you see on the news. And no, you can't. We've I, been we've been shown, but we have been shown down by the British and the French. Yeah. Uh, it's frightening. It says uh, the French were able to evacuate their citizens and Afghans who assisted them, along with their families. Safely out of the country. Juxtapose that with what Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said concerning how the United States is incapable of collecting large amounts of Americans right now. We don't have that capability, uh, said said Austin. Yeah, that's some real crackerjack talk coming from the folks leading our military. Again, this is from Matt Vespa at townhall.com. Not only that, but both he and General Mark Miley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, fought in this war. They've led troops. They've had to study this conflict. What were they doing? Because this chaotic scene just shows that nobody really knew what was going on. And exactly my point, Glenn, we have spent 20 years of blood, sweat, toil, and treasure in Afghanistan. Now, let's be clear. I don't think we need to be nation building. Right. But, you know, people have to want freedom. And, and that's one of the things that concerns me about this country is do people in this country, do we still want our own freedom? Are we willing to do what it takes to preserve, protect and defend our freedom? But the, the starting point for any exercise is that the people we're working with, they have to want freedom. But be that as it may, think about this. We went into Afghanistan 20 years ago. We've spent at least a trillion dollars. At least. At least. That's, that's the reported number. But I would, I would venture to say that the mm-hmm. actual number spent uh, is well more than a trillion dollars. We've expended, I don't know the exact number, but thousands of American lives have been lost yeah. in Afghanistan over that 20-year period. Think of the Blue Star, the Gold Star families right. that are suffering 
because they don't have a father, they don't have a son, they don't have a brother because somebody uh, spilled their blood or paid the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice on, on some battlefield in Afghanistan. Think about everything that we've done there in the last 20 years and the efforts, all of that effort, all of that toil, all of that American blood, at least a trillion dollars, if not more, of our tax dollars. And it bought us not months of freedom, not years of freedom, but 11 days of freedom for the Afghan people. 11 days, y'all. Um, I haven't, I haven't um, divided that down to figure out how much each hour of the existence of the Afghan, the Republican, the Democratic Republic of Afghanistan, how long that cost, how much each hour cost us. But it's astonishing. It's astonishing. And, of course, um, as Glenn said, we're getting different information. Now I noted that uh, U.S. troops, they're, they're, this from the morning brief in the Epoch Times, American troops left the airport in Kabul, Afghanistan, this weekend, rescued 169 Americans, officials said Friday. So now they're sort of backtracking. Mm-hmm. They're saying, oh, no, we actually are rescuing Americans. But the, the fact remains, folks, that Joe Biden doesn't have a clue what he's doing. He's not fit to be president, and he has bungled this worse than any possible uh, scenario that any of us could have imagined. How can you say that this is this is inevitable, which will, you know, which will, he said. I mean, it's not inevitable right. that people are going to be passing babies over fences. <clears throat> you know, I remember when I was a kid, uh, Glenn, and looking at the history books in class and looking at the, at the fall of Saigon. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, remember, this won't be a Saigon. No, no, no way. This no. will be a Saigon. And I remember thinking, and and I and I saw the famous picture, the iconographic photograph of the helicopter on the roof of the embassy in Saigon, and people, you know, scaling the ladder, frantically trying to get into that helicopter to get out of Vietnam. And then we, I remember we we watched uh, uh, film clips of the Navy pushing fighter jets off of aircraft carriers into the Gulf of Tonkin because the, they were getting out of Vietnam so quickly and so fast that they had nowhere to put the aircraft. So the aircraft were landing, the pilots were getting off, and they were pushing them off the deck of the aircraft carrier into the ocean. Wow. And I remember thinking to myself, I, rem- I remember it just like it was yesterday. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I know we are smarter than that. This country is smarter than that. Our leaders are smarter than that. There is no way that we will ever get ourselves in a position that utterly stupid again. Well, my question is, with the U.S. military... And apparently I was wrong. <laughs> we, have, we have presence in, in over approximately 70 different countries, okay? Including yeah. Japan, Germany, South Korea, oh. Italy, the U.K., Kuwait. We're all over the place. So why was it so necessary to get out of Afghanistan? Our troops were not in harm's way. There had been no U.S. casualties in 18 months. The country was basically in equilibrium, and any conflicts were handled by the Afghani army with the U.S. Army as the big stick backup. So why did we have to get out so quickly? You know, it had been scaled back, our military presence. Um, maybe we should have just stayed there for a longer, and and I, I don't know what the answer is, but what we did was not the way to do it. It was a disaster. And I think one of the things that Trump would have done, Trump would have listened to his generals. Uh, my yeah. un- my understanding is the general said, 
Uh, Mr. President, we know you have a hard deadline. Mr. President, we know you want to get out of Afghanistan. But, Mr. President, Afghanistan is not stable. Afghanistan will not hold. The center will not hold. Afghanistan will fall. Here is Joe Biden, July the 8th, uh, talking about in in response to a question about, you know, hey, what's going to happen in Afghanistan? Listen. Bear with me. Got a little technical difficulty here. I have nothing on my side. You've got, you've got nothing. That's why you're not the producer. That's why I'm the producer. <laughs> no, you're not the producer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were going to have some audio for you. Bear with me, folks. It usually works better than that. Uh, but yeah, he said in a in a video um, or in a, in, a, in a press conference, he said that that there was nothing to uh, that there was nothing to worry about. That that uh, famously. Um, it was not going to be another Saigon. Here we go. Try this. They collapse. That is not true. Is it, can you please clarify what they have told you about whether that will happen or not? That is not true. They did not, they didn't, did not reach that conclusion. Lies! So what he's saying is, this is July, and that's July 8th, they did not reach that conclusion. What he's telling us, or what he told us, is that his intelligence folks had not reached the conclusion that Afghanistan was going to collapse. And, in fact, they had. They had told him he'd received multiple communiques, including a cable from the State Department, that said exactly that. And so um, it's, uh, it's, it's astonishing. And there's more to it. We'll get to it after the break. Um, it's just an astonishing display of a f- absolute failure of leadership. Joe Biden, not fit to be president. We'll get to that more after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Here's one hour heating and air with your host, Richie. Too kind. Thanks, folks. And now it's time for Marty Answers a Question. Uh, a customer writes, hey, Marty, the 1980s called, and they want their haircut back. What? <laughs> Sorry, I actually wrote that one. Here's the real letter. What? Okay, Dina writes, dear Marty, are you and Richie really friends? Marty? Yes, Dina. Richie and I are really friends. Yes, we are. And when it comes to heating and air service, we're in total agreement. We do it with excellence. Uh-oh, let's not start that again. We both know one-hour heating and air runs on excellence. Yes, but without heart, you can't have excellence, Marty. Well, let's leave it at that. We're in almost total agreement. Fair enough. Call One Hour for air conditioning service done with excellence and heart. Online at OneHourMagic.com. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk ninety four point five. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning 
Hoffy, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.07 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here for the bonus second cup hour of Saturday morning coffee. Hope the second cup is treating you well. What is the coffee? What is the cafe du jour on your side of the glass, Mr. Producer? We didn't even talk about that this morning. Well, it's just a little Starbucks French roast, but of course, brewed at home. I was, uh, I did not, I was running a little late this morning trying to get back into the normal Saturday morning routine. I've got a Duncan. I got to tell you something. Yeah. Duncan needs to sponsor your show because America runs on Duncan and Mm -hmm. they probably still have the big and toasty, the bacon, egg, and cheese, bacon, egg, and bacon, egg, and bacon, egg, and cheese on a toasted sourdough bread. Yeah, I think that's how it went. You know, we'll uh, if y'all uh, stop into Duncan, tell them they need to sponsor Saturday morning coffee. Yeah. Absolutely, I think I've I think I've uh, d- said that myself once or twice. But sure. nobody, nobody's called me back. <laughs> You've definitely invested in them. We've definitely invested in in Duncan. American America does run mm-hmm. on Duncan, apparently. So just before the break, we were having some technical difficulties, but I was sharing. Ultimately, it, by the way, it helps if you turn the speaker on. I was sharing some audio with you from the president's uh, press conference on July eighth where he essentially said, no, the, uh, uh, the administration was not warned by their health officials that there, there was a problem with Afghanistan. In fact, bear with me, my, 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 my stack here is out of hand. Classified State Department cable from July suggests the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, was warned Kabul would, Kabul, Kabul, Kabul. would fall into Taliban hands. Uh, by the August 34th troop uh, withdrawal deadline, a Wall Street Journal report on Thursday reveals it's it's becoming increasingly uh, clear, <laughs> in case the president hasn't realized it, that his intelligence community folks knew that there was not only a risk, but very likely a, a virtual certainty that Kabul and Afghanistan was going to fall. Here is the president asking uh, or being asked questions about none other than our own George Stephanopoulos. So we have a president, just bear this in mind, Democratic president being questioned by essentially a Democratic presidential, or excuse me, a Democratic political operative who works, uh, at least in name, for ABC News. Here he is. Back in July, you said a Taliban takeover was highly unlikely. Was the intelligence wrong, or did you downplay it? There was no consensus. You go back and look at the intelligence reports. They said that it was more likely to be sometime by the end of the year. So in, in less than a month, in less than a month, we went from, no, nobody told us that there was going to be a problem. Our intelligence folks did not tell us that. To, uh, no, there was no consensus. There was no consensus that there was. But didn't he just say? Not till the end of the year? Not till the end of the year, exactly. But, so no consensus that there was going to be a problem earlier than the end of the year. So, But there was still going to be a problem. Yes, exactly. So the story is shifting. Here's more, George, of the interview with George Stephanopoulos, by the way. But you don't think this could have been handled, this actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? Don't you think, Mr. No, President? I, I don't think it could have been handled in a way that... there. We're going to go back in hindsight and look, but the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that happened. So for you, that was always priced into the decision? Yes. That was always priced into the decision. Yes. So so they knew people were going to be jumping off of airplanes. They priced all of this chaos into the decision, folks. They knew this was happening 
This was there was no way to avoid this. Getting out of Afghanistan was going to be ugly. They knew people would be passing babies over fences and people would be clinging to airplanes uh, to their death. Right. You know, getting stuck in wheel wells on C-17s. This is nuts, folks. This is not nuts. And, and, and by the way, somebody should pay a price. Joe Biden needs to step down. But somebody should pay a price. I want to remind everybody that the Secretary of Defense in April announced a stand-down order that we're going to focus on uh, eliminating extremism, political extremism, white supremacy in the U.S. military. So while the U.S. military has been busy not preparing for a withdrawal from Afghanistan, an orderly withdrawal from Afghanistan— They've been busy. They've been busy, folks. They've had more important things to do. They've been stamping out white supremacy uh, within the ranks and other politically incorrect uh, thoughts. So the thought police have been busy going through the Pentagon and through the ranks, scrubbing uh, the politically incorrect from their ranks and getting rid of the white supremacists. But they apparently did not have time to prepare for the withdrawal from Afghanistan that they have known was coming for years. Right. Now, he knew and he said that we will go back and look at this. Uh, Mr. President, oh, they'll look you at really it. don't want them to go back and look at this because you could possibly be impeached. This is, yeah, and he should be, and, and we'll, we'll get to that. By the way, Lindsey Graham has called for his impeachment. Don't usually do long clips, but Tucker's opening monologue, and Glenn will run a little bit long on this segment, uh, Tucker's opening monologue last night really summed everything up super well. And I just want to play you a clip uh, from... Tucker's opening monologue, Tucker Carlson, on Friday night. Here he is. Before last November's election, Joe Biden's own family knew perfectly well that he was in profound cognitive decline. They were worried about it. They told people they were worried about it, which is how we know. But they did nothing to stop Biden from running for president. Neither did Ron Klain, who's now the White House chief of staff. Klain is highly familiar with Joe Biden's senility. He works there every day. So does Mike Donlan and Gene Sperling and Susan Rice. And the rest of the people making decisions in this country, very much including Barack Obama, they all know these are hard and cynical and clear eyed people. They have worked with Joe Biden for many years. Not one of them has any doubt that Biden is failing. And now that's obvious to the rest of the country. Anyone who's been paying attention or already caught on to this, of course. But until recently, it didn't seem to matter a whole lot. You saw Biden on television grinning and mumbling. He was up there reminding you to put on your little mask or wear your seatbelt or go easy on the sodium. None of it seemed especially threatening. These are the things that elderly men talk about in real life. Be safe out there, kids. But in the last week, we've been reminded how tiny our domestic concerns actually are. They're neuroses born of narcissism. A Chinese flu virus? Please. That's hardly the scariest thing going on in the world right now. It's not even close. The entire U.S. military has just been humiliated by illiterate peasants in turbans. And if that's not insulting enough, many of them were carrying our rifles as they did it. It makes you wonder about the future of the West and who's going to replace us when we're gone. Good question. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? It makes you wonder about the future of the West and where we are going. Folks, this is a horrible position that we uh, are in. And, And it's one thing to withdraw. It's another thing to announce to the world that you are a weak, uh, indecisive uh, country that will not take a morally uh, sound stand when you take action. It's, it's, it's frightening. It's, it's frightening. 
Washington Authority probably ought to be thinking about that and about a lot of other things, too. What are we going to do when the Chinese finally move against Taiwan? How are we going to respond when there's a credible challenge to the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? There are issues out there, a lot of them, in other words, that matter slightly more than whether you keep your mask over your nose on that southwest flight to Tucson. It is shameful. It's embarrassing when you think of how totally frivolous and up our own butts we've been for the last couple of years. All we can say for certain at this point is that Joe Biden will not be making any of the big decisions going forward. He's not capable of being the president in crisis. So who will be? We can't say. But it's clear if you watch closely that things are changing very fast in Washington. The people around Biden are moving away from him in ways that are not at all subtle. Why is this happening now? Was it always the plan? Did the party that hates white guys finally realize it was being led by one? Again, we don't know the answer. But the signs of it are everywhere, and they are strikingly obvious. Some of Biden's most senior appointees are contradicting him in public. If you cover politics, it is shocking to see that. It's a violation of the first and most ruthlessly enforced rule in any White House, which is don't diminish the boss. But suddenly they're doing just that, and they're doing it openly. Just hours after Biden assured the country that things were fine in Afghanistan, Lloyd Austin, as defense secretary, described the situation in Afghanistan as a disaster. And then Austin repeated this for emphasis. Others are doing the same thing. Here's Biden this afternoon telling us that American citizens are having no trouble whatsoever getting to the airport in Kabul. This is Friday afternoon. We have no indication that they haven't been able to get in Kabul through the airport. We've made an agreement with the, with the Taliban thus far. They've allowed them to go through. It's in their interest for them to go through. So there was the president of the United States going on television today to assure us that things are fine for Americans in Kabul. But just an hour later, here's the Pentagon spokesman telling you that actually that's not true. Americans are being beaten in Kabul. Watch. Defense Secretary Austin just now in a briefing call with House lawmakers um, said the reports Americans have been beaten by the Taliban in Kabul. Is the U.S. military under orders to stay at the airport and not go protect them? I think we've been talking about this uh, throughout the entire briefing. We're, we're certainly mindful of these reports, and they're deeply troubling. And we have communicated to the Taliban that, uh, that that's absolutely unacceptable, that we want free uh, passage uh, through their checkpoints for uh, documented Americans. And by and large, that's happening. So what we have here, folks, is a situation where we're negotiating – with the Taliban. And why would we negotiate with people? What, what basis has the Taliban given us to believe that we can negotiate with them? These are the people who stone women who get raped. These, these people are shooting uh, citizens. They're shooting women who participated in government. They're shooting anybody that they can identify that helped the Americans. And we're negotiating with them. Folks, that's what your president is doing. And your president is either, as that, cl- as that clip makes clear, either not informed or he's lying about it. It's unbelievable. One more clip to play. We'll get to that after these words from our sponsors. And after the break, we'll be talking to Jimmy Richardson. So we'll wrap up Afghanistan, this disgusting, despicable display, this failure of leadership at the White House. We'll wrap that up. We'll move on to Jimmy. We've got all that and more coming up with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. 
Trust us. 843-798-TALK. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, you and I have talked many times that there are lots of financial advisors in Myrtle Beach, but why would folks be well-served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning? Reese, it really begins when they walk through the door. As fiduciaries, we put their interest above our own. We're not just a bunch of advisors competing with one another. What we do is we wrap the entire organization around their family, helping them navigate today and their future with a high level of comfort and confidence. Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Call them anytime at 843-945-4480 or reach them online at pilefinancialservices.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk Everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Respoid Radio Hour. It is 8.23 on your Saturday morning. We've been talking this morning about this disastrous uh, withdrawal, if that's what you want to call it, the, the, the running, the fleeing of Afghanistan by American military forces and the dramatic uh, negative consequences that this will have for us as a nation. And don't be, um, don't be misled, folks. People are watching. The Chinese are watching. I suspect Taiwan will be next. Um, any any nation that lacks uh, the resolve that we have demonstrated this week, the the ability to plan and execute a drawdown of forces on an orderly basis is is not going to retain uh, respect on the world stage. This is an embarrassment of historic uh, proportion, and I mean century wide historic uh, proportion. This is truly a devastating embarrassment for the national standing of the United States. Just before the break, we were listening to Tucker Carlson's opening monologue last night where he had played, he played some select clips from the president this week. And we played some earlier whereby the president this week has clearly demonstrated folks that he is not fit to be president. He is simply not fit and he needs, uh, I hate to say this, but he does not need to be president any longer. Let's pick up, pick up where we were listening to uh, Tucker's uh, monologue from last night. This, again, is the opening monologue for the Tucker Carlson Show on Friday evening. So the president tells us that we have an ironclad deal with the Taliban and everything's cool. An hour later, John Kirby tells us we're deeply concerned about what the Taliban is doing. So in a normal administration with the president who planned on serving out his full four-year term, what you just saw would qualify as a kind of scandal the Pentagon spokesman would be in serious trouble. He just contradicted his boss, the man who's supposed to be in control of the entire executive branch of government. 
But as we noted, things are changing very fast. Watch it happen again. Here's Biden from today telling us that al-Qaeda has been driven from Afghanistan. What interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with al-Qaeda gone? We went to Afghanistan for the express purpose of getting rid of al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, as well as, as well as getting Osama bin Laden. And we did. Once again, just an hour after he said that, the president of the United States is contradicted in public by his own employee. Again, here's the Pentagon spokesman. We know that al-Qaeda is a presence as well as ISIS in Afghanistan, and we've talked about that uh, for quite some time. But the president just said that there is no al-Qaeda presence in Afghanistan, and that does not seem to be correct. What... What uh, we don't think is that we what we believe is that there isn't a uh, a presence that is significant enough to 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 merit a threat to our homeland as there was back on 9-11 20 years ago. A little PR two step there. Yeah. So that's the opposite of what Biden just said. So here you have the top spokesman for the most powerful agency in the entire government informing us that the president of the United States has no idea what he's talking about. Right. You don't see that every day. In fact, you never see it. But it's not just Biden's employees who appear to be turning on him in public. So are some of his key political allies, the neocons, liberals who used the Republican Party for their own purposes for decades before abandoning it when Trump arrived, are now attacking Joe Biden openly and very aggressively. That didn't take long. But most telling of all is this. This is a great clip. CNN. Watch. It is just an absolute mess. And we heard President Biden say yesterday in his uh, comments to ABC News that this is not a failure. And I think a lot of people outside that airport, particularly those taking the kinds of extreme actions we're just talking about, would like to know if this isn't failure, what does failure look like exactly? So now CNN, uh, the PR arm of the Democratic Party, now turning on Joe Biden. And as you can see, the spokesman for the Secretary of State and the Department of Defense, they're they're tripping over themselves. It's important that to note also that CNN actually told the truth. Yeah, um, they actually did. Yeah. And but these spokesmen for the DOD and for the Secretary of State, they're tripping over themselves, trying to mask and make uh, cover for the president and his his mental slips mm-hmm. and his misstatements. And again, he either doesn't know what's going on or he's lying about it. And one of the things in that uh, Stephanopoulos interview at the White House that ABC did not air, and we talked about, uh, Liz talked about this briefly on the Friday show, is that in the course of that interview, Biden was talking about his son Hunter, did not know whether Hunter was in the Army or the Navy, did not know if Hunter had served in Afghanistan, Kosovo, or Iraq. He actually served in Kosovo or Iraq. Biden said Afghanistan. Biden, Hunter Biden never served in Afghanistan. So, folks, we just have a president, unfortunately, that is not fit to be president. He's not fit for the job, and and it's only going to get worse, folks. It's only going to get worse. How much have we heard from the vice president in the past few days? Zero. Zero. Guess where she's headed? Singapore. And at least, you know, to her credit, I mean, one of the things that is astonishing is – 
in the midst of all this, the president has been on vacation. He was at yeah, Camp David. True. Now he's going to Delaware. Yeah. Uh, former chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Senator Lindsey Graham, this from the Epic Times, on Friday said, if President Joe Biden leaves U.S. citizens and allies in Afghanistan based on the Constitution, he deserves to be impeached. We are, this is Lindsey Graham's comment, we are duty-bound to get every American citizen out. We're honor-bound to get those Afghans out who fought along our side, said Graham during a Friday interview with Fox News, adding, and here's what I would say. If we leave Americans behind, if we leave thousands of those Afghans who fought alongside our troops bravely, Joe Biden deserves to be impeached for a high crime and uh, misdemeanor, that being dereliction of duty. And folks, I couldn't agree more. Not only is it a dereliction of duty, but he is demonstrating daily Every time he does a press conference, every time he does uh, any sort of Q&A about anything, but certainly about Afghanistan, he is uh, demonstrating that he is simply not fit for office. So I hope the Congress will do its job and and stay on this. You know, it's interesting, Glenn, I noticed uh, Senator Tom Cotton has an email. If you're trapped in Afghanistan, you can send Tom Cotton's Tom Cotton's office an email. That's yeah. evac at cotton.senate.gov. Uh, it's insane that the Senate, individual Senate offices, are having to step in and try to rescue Americans from Afghanistan. Folks, this is a collapse of leadership like we have not seen in my lifetime in the White House. Right. It's astonishing. It's a national travesty, and Biden should go. Right after these words from our sponsors, folks, we'll be right back. We're going to be talking to Jimmy Richardson, candidate for uh, solicitor in the 15th Judicial Circuit. And uh, we're excited to be talking to him. He'll be right uh, here in the studio after we're back in uh, a few minutes after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. And more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team. Greg, if you represent a seller in this market, how do you help them determine what the right listing price is in a market such as this? To determine the right listing price today, you have to look at the current pendings that are comparable. We don't even need to look at the closed sales because that's in the past. In an upward trending market that's going up this quickly, we look at homes that are on the market that are for sale or have just gone pending, and that's what we're basing our pricing on. But you have to be careful not to overprice. When a home is on the market for more than 25 to 30 days, people start wondering what's wrong. So you got to be careful not to overprice it. Great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team at 843. 843- Three two five one two six nine three, or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com. The Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Give them a call today. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, 835 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on the show. Joined here in the studio now by our own 15th Circuit solicitor, Jimmy Richardson. Jimmy has been our solicitor and serving us well since uh, 2012, I believe, and doing a great job. And Jimmy has been on the show before, but he had an event this week in Conway at the Peanut Warehouse announcing his... uh, re-election campaign for uh, solicitor and so thought we'd have him on the show let him tell us about that jimmy welcome to the program well, thank you reese thank you glenn i appreciate y'all having me back on again i wish um i feel like uh casey Kasem did in that famous clip go through all of this bad news and it's hey hey how's it, how you doing <laughs> yeah. good, good to be with you. it is a tough time jimmy yeah, but is. you know that that is why we talk about on this show every saturday we talk about the importance of electing good people to office and you and i've talked about this everybody know joe biden wasn't elected that's why they hit him in a basement mm-hmm. i mean uh people ask me what i think about the election and i say look the details hopefully will ultimately come to light and we haven't really talked about that uh in a couple of program episodes here on saturday morning coffee but that is still being worked on but you can't convince me that joe biden and he he's worse now than he was in the election cycle it's noticeable in my opinion oh yeah and which is frightening i mean his decline is is progressing uh very quickly but there's no way you can convince me that joe biden in a basement got more votes than barack obama i just don't believe it Barack Obama's first term, you know, when all the excitement was out there yeah. and change, yeah. Barack, o- Barack Obama lost would have lost to Joe Biden by millions of votes. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Anyway. You know, um, I um, I met Joe Biden at the uh, Galavitz very stump when he was running for president. It must have been uh, sometime in the late 90s, early 90s, sometime like that. Yeah. You know, that was um, 25, 30 years ago. And uh, he was running for president. Then he he may have done all right. Um, Back in the day. Yeah, there's a difference between 50 and 80. But uh, goodness gracious. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I'm you and I, we're not exactly spring chickens. And I don't remember a time when Joe Biden was not in politics. As long as I can remember, I don't remember him. I don't remember a Senate without Joe Biden. But, you know, like you said, there's a lot of difference between 50 and 80. And I think uh, Joe has passed his uh, his shelf life, unfortunately. He's just not fit to be president. But let's talk about uh, your race. Jimmy, you've uh, signed on the dotted line to run again to uh, serve us uh, for another term as solicitor. And uh, um, getting some feedback. I here. am, too. I'm hearing that, too. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out over yeah, here, guys. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, so we're getting some uh, feedback on the line. Bear with us. But you've uh, signed up for another term as solicitor. Tell us about... Uh, Tell us about Solicitor. A lot of, I've noticed in uh, my conversations with folks that we've got people coming into town. Not everybody even realizes what the solicitor is. They may have heard about them as a district attorney, but that's not a term that every jurisdiction uses. So just in case folks don't know, explain what the office is. Yeah, every other state would uh, would call it the district attorney or office of attorneys general. Uh, there's a lot of confusion. South Carolina is the only state that um, holds to the old English term solicitor, but it means the same thing. It is the chief um, prosecutor for a circuit. And in our circuit, the 15th circuit, it's Ori and Georgetown counties. 
So uh, a real easy fix to this is let's, you know, go ahead and join everybody else and call this office district attorney. Until then, you'll always get the stuff. What are you soliciting? You know? <laughs> I thought you were banned in, in yeah, this store. I thought, <laughs> that, I thought that was a bad thing. You're not allowed yeah. in my neighborhood because yeah. it says no solicitors. <laughs> no soliciting. Yeah, unfortunately for the bad guys, we can still get in the neighborhood. The sign don't stop it. Yeah. That's a different. But, you know, we really should catch up. But it's the district attorney, and our area is uh, the second fastest growing area in the nation. So there is a, a ton of confusion uh, if you came from Delaware or um, Ohio, uh, anywhere in between. Uh, there's a lot of confusion. You've never heard that term before, but it's basically the district attorney for uh, a circuit. And and our circuit, of course, is the 15th circuit, which is O'Ree and Georgetown counties. Yeah, yeah. a lot to say grace over. Yeah, and you've been our solicitor since 2012, and we and we thank you for your service. Uh, you've done an excellent job, but you're running for reelection. Um, what what is it that draw that drew you to the job, and and what keeps you going? I this has been my dream job since I was um, in high school, and I've pursued it. Got to uh, um, I got to the solicitor's office when it was Solicitor Ralph Wilson, um, Solicitor R- Wilson. Uh, hired me in August and then lost the election in November. So I'm I'm like, I've been here about six weeks and uh, got a new guy yeah. fixing to be out. The first time I ever met Greg Hembry, I was at an event and I had my red Ralph Wilson, elect Ralph, Ralph Wilson t-shirt re-elect. And uh, <laughs> so fast forward six, eight weeks, I'm sitting up in an office in North Myrtle Beach. And, uh, you know, I just told Greg, I said, um, I, um, I'm loyal. Ralph hired me. Um, I will never say anything bad against him, but you know, um, I'll be just that loyal to you and, uh, the loyalty. And, um, now I think that's really important. I think, uh, I think experience and having done this job for, you know, 24 years now to whatever, what is 98 to 20? 23. Yeah, 23 years. You've been there a while. Yeah. You're dating yourself a little bit. You better be careful. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I think experience is really big because, you know, there are no new crimes out there under the sun. I've I've seen them all. I've seen them done in um, juvenile court. I've Mm -hmm. seen them done in general sessions, um, magistrate's court. I've participated in every part of the office. Um, and since uh, the end of 2012, December 12th of 2012 was when I got the appointment. And uh, then Solicitor Hembry, now um, Senator Hembry, uh, moved on to the Senate. Um, since then, I've sort of tried to manage a group of 130 uh, employees, secretaries, victim advocates, um, prosecuting attorneys, uh, you know, investigators we've that is just the ones that are in our office Mm -hmm. and uh you know then we have to work with the police i'm really fortunate to have um sheriff uh philip thompson and um sheriff carter weaver's endorsement that we've been friends for a long time um and uh work extremely well together sheriff thompson um the the kickoff was in conway at the peanut warehouse thursday night Sheriff Thompson and um, Senator Hembry 
are the two that sort of uh, introduced me. Mm-hmm. We had a really good crowd, mm-hmm. which I didn't know about. I told them at the beginning, you know, since the days of uh, middle school, you throw a party and um, you put all of this planning into it, and then you wonder, is anybody going to show up? You got COVID. There's always something, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's a very uh, un- unusual time. Yeah. So, uh, but we had over we had over 200 people sign up to help, and um, there was at least 300 people there that had come and gone. You know, it was the the venue is huge and beautiful, but uh, we had a we had a ton of people there, and uh, from all over uh, Horry County, mostly. Uh, we'll do a little event in Georgetown uh, in I think it's in September, mm-hmm. but. Um, but this one was, it's a long drive from Georgetown. It's about 45 minutes. Well, well, I heard from several people, and, and unfortunately, I was in uh, Charleston, uh, so I was not able to be there for your event, but I heard from several people that it was very well attended. I saw part of it on uh, Facebook Live on, on, uh, on, the, uh, on my phone. But, you know, one of the things I will say, Jimmy, I don't do criminal defense work in my practice. Uh, typically, that's not what I get involved in. I've, I've had a couple of uh, cases that were criminal in nature, but for the most part, that was, you know, clients that wanted me to handle something and then had an existing relationship with them. And for some reason, you know, they wanted us to handle it. But for the most part, I don't have a ton of interaction with your office, but every attorney from time to time will interact with your office. And I can say you have always been incredibly responsive. I've never failed to get a call back from you. Anytime I've ever tried to call you, you've always called me back. Sometimes, in just a few minutes, sometimes it's at the end of the day, but I always get a call back from you. And one of the things I've noticed about your term as solicitor, I've never heard a member of the bar or a member of the public speak ill of you. And that's a pretty phenomenal thing to say, um, particularly when you think about all the criminal defense lawyers that you are opposed to and that you, by necessity, are going to have to tangle with in order to do your job and, and to put the bad guys, as you like to tell me, keep put them behind bars and keep them there. The, the only people I've ever heard speak ill of Jimmy Richardson are some of the people you sent to jail. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah. You yeah, know? me too. We, one of the things, though, Reese, is um, it is we have a really good thing going here in the 15th Circuit. You, um, The police are fully on board and the defense attorneys are fully on board, the defense bar. And uh, you, it's got to be running really well if uh, that happens because those are two cousins that never get along. Yeah. You know, exactly. so but what we have created and it didn't start with me, it started with, um, you know, Mr. Hembry and before him, um, Mr. Wilson. And I, I can't give a lot of credit to Jim Dunn because he was a kind of an outlandish dude. He. He, he was probably a wasn't a peacemaker as much. Yeah, he was a character. But, but what we've always really st- strive to do is to understand that this is an adversarial system but we are not going to be adversaries we're not going to be turning each other into the bar we're not going to be talking about people's mama and all of that stuff and you know trying to get uh under other people's skin and um and i think that that goes a really long way because we gotta it's close quarters in the courthouse absolutely and i don't want to be in there with somebody that hates me on a personal level or i hate them on a personal level well jimmy that's a a great a great thought 
we got to take a quick commercial break. Can you hang around for a couple more minutes? Yeah. Okay. Folks, we're talking to Jimmy Richardson. Jimmy is our current solicitor and a candidate for re-election. We'll be back with a little more with him after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Jimmy Richardson. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, we've talked many times about how life is so uncertain these days. We're coming out of a pandemic. There's a transition in the administration. So much uncertainty in the world. How does Pyle Financial Services assist its clients in coping with such uncertain times? Well, Reese, we have developed and refined a proprietary process that we call the Wealth Audit. It helps families prepare for what we believe can be some of the most significant legislative and investor-related changes coming next year. This is the year to plan. Folks, I encourage you to reach out. That's great financial advice from Scott Pyle. It's Pyle Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Powell Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Pamela's in the wilderness, can't me. Get a little restless from searching, get a little worn down between. Oh, the mad. Brother, let me be your shelter. little need to breathe here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Made it to the parting wisdom segment of Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're still talking to Jimmy Richardson. Jimmy is our current 15th Circuit solicitor, and he is running for re-election. Jimmy, thanks for joining us here in the studio. Man, thank y'all for having me again. I've told y'all this before. really mean it. Y'all should um, do a soundtrack. Got the best music. Uh, the morning radio Saturday morning coffee yeah. soundtrack the yeah. Saturday morning coffee soundtrack yeah, really we, need to, we need to do that that's yeah, a little marketing re- opportunity release, for it, release it on Tuesdays like they do all the big n- name this, songs and this stuff. word is overused Jimmy but believe it or not the music here on the program as Glenn well knows I'm, I'm finicky about it it's a carefully mm. curated mix yes. of uh, Saturday morning favorites yes it is I, I, I did slap, slip bad boys yeah, in you, there you did a good job you did a good <laughs> job with being it. here but so Jimmy let me just say this you have done in my estimate one of the finest jobs, and Greg Hembry, a friend of mine, did an excellent job as well. But you have just been, in my estimation, an excellent solicitor. People should get behind you, support you. And one of the things I have learned in my practice, even though I, I don't do a lot of criminal defense work, there's a ton to be said about the importance of prosecutorial discretion. Yes. And one of the things I have learned in, in the little bit of time, in the, just a few occasions that I have dabbed my toe in the pool of criminal defense, because it's not really something that I was drawn to. But if you are a defendant, particularly in a federal action, if you are a defendant in a federal criminal prosecution, you're, you're toast. 
basically. That's kind of my view of it as a lawyer. And it's not quite that way on the state level. But the point remains that the person who is appointed or elected to be either the U.S. attorney or, in your case, the solicitor, it is a, it is a position of immense personal responsibility. I mean, it is, a, it is an immensely important uh, position and immensely important process by which you are selected. And, and we need to make sure that we elect the right people to fill those positions. And you've done an excellent job, and uh, I just encourage folks to check you out. If they want to learn more about your campaign, where can they find you? Yeah, it's all over Facebook. You know, I've got a personal page. Um, I've got a, a office page, and I've got a reelect. Uh, Jimmy Richardson page. So it's all there. Uh, my cell number is 843-222-1002. That's a uh, personal cell number. And then the office uh, cell number is 843-855-6376. Call, email, you know, there's a hundred different ways to uh, get in touch with you now. Those yeah. are a few of them. Yeah. Um, and so, th- thank you for not being like other cities we've seen, Chicago, Detroit, where you catch and release and they go out and commit another crime. You are a prosecutor that puts them away. Yeah, we we really, um, there, Reese hit on it. Uh, there's so many different um, ways to do this. You know, we don't want to take a 19-year-old that's going to the Citadel and gets in trouble uh, and ruin his life. Right. Uh, now, if we've got somebody that is polluting our um, young people with fentanyl, you know, you got to send them away. Yeah, yep. different. You got somebody that starts off with an armed robbery or a, a, a murder, there's not a lot of help I can do. But um, especially for kids or, or younger people, we really try to curb uh, that appetite for doing bad things and move them on so that they don't have a record. Because the one thing, and I'll leave everybody with this, is um, South Carolina's laws on expungement or erasing your record is draconian. Once it's there, it is there, yeah. and it's there forever. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you you better have somebody that can figure out who not to get there. Yep. Well, Jimmy, I want to thank you for all your work. Keep it up, and good luck in the election. If we can do anything to help you, let us know. And come back on the show anytime. We always love to have you. Folks, it's Jimmy Richardson, who is a candidate for solicitor here in the 15th Circuit. That's O'Ree in Georgetown counties. Encourage you to look him up on Facebook and get in touch and support his campaign. As we said earlier, this is the Parting Wisdom segment. Glenn, you know, one thing I noticed on my vacation travels in Montana, I was encouraged to know that we are a we are. I met a lot of cowboys. We went to a rodeo. Mm-hmm. You see a different breed in Montana. You don't see quite. Uh, it's a different. It's a really a different breed of folk in Montana. But a very independent, self reliant. It's a. It's a. It's a fascinating culture in in uh, Jackson Hole and around Yellowstone. One of the things I noticed in the uh, Epoch Times this week: a timely read, advice for our readers uh, from a cowboy. And he talks about the Cowboy Code. It's a Cowboy's Code. And what is the Cowboy's Code? I don't have time to read it entirely. But it says, uh, when you meet or introduce to a lady, you remove your hat and you say, pleased to meet you, ma'am. A lady is anyone three years to 150 years old. <laughs> and and regardless of the look of your hat hair, this law tells the ladies that you are a true cowboy. Number two, live each day with courage. Number three, Take pride in your work. 
Number four, do what needs to be done. Number five, always finish what you start. Number six, be tough but fair. Number seven, make your word your bond. Number eight, talk less and say more. That's good advice. Number nine, some things aren't for sale. And uh, number 10, know where to draw the line. Of course, the Epoch Times expands on those. But I was encouraged to read that. The Cowboy Code, uh, very true. And I was encouraged by my travels in Yellowstone and Grand Teton and Wyoming. We did go to a rodeo. There's a lot of independent, um, self-reliant folks that are not looking for any government to tell them when to put a mask on, when to take it off, what medicine to take, what medicine they can't have. They just want to live their lives in freedom. And there's a lot of them out there, folks, and that's encouraging. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom, as we always do, from the Proverbs. Um, It's uh, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Folks, I want to thank Jimmy Richardson for joining us today. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. Join us next week for more Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.